Amen. All right, are we ready for the word of God? Let's go to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1. 2 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1. And then we'll read Revelation 1, 3 and verse 1 to 6. 2 Samuel chapter 3 and verses 1. And now there was long war. Somebody say war. Look at your neighbor, say war. Tell the other person you are in a warfare. Mm. He said there was long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But David was stronger. Look at your neighbor and say, you will work stronger. Mm. Uh, tonight, today I'm preaching on what I've titled, Waxing Stronger in Warfare. Amen, somebody. He said, but David worked stronger and stronger and the house of Saul works weaker and weaker. Your enemies will become weaker and weaker. Can I hear an amen? I said your enemies will become weaker and weaker from today. That sickness in your life will become weaker and weaker from today. That witch and wizard pursuing your life will become weaker and weaker from today. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Hmm. Now there was long war. Somebody say long war. Sometimes the battles of life can be long. My God. Between the house of Saul and the house of David. But David. But David. But Felix. In spite of all that the devil threw at you. You're still waxing stronger and stronger. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 1 to 6. Revelation 3 and verse 1 to 6. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis. Right. These things saith he that had the seven spirits of God, the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest at it. But be watchful and strengthen the things which remain, that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come to thee as a thief and thou shalt not, thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Next verse. Thou hast a few names even in Sardis which have not defied their garments. Look at your neighbor say don't defile your garment. They shall walk with me in white for they are worthy. Next verse. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. The last verse. He that hath an ear, what must he do? Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto who? The churches. Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, just pray in the Holy Ghost for a few minutes. Mesha Dabaha. Mandre Boji Gabran Beliga Madabrande Velimanata Mesa Vretoshko Predige Velemande Bredia Labarande Kezibalada Mena Freketosh Pelege Menecrefete Belende Bredija Dabada Oh Lord strengthen, strengthen this morning, strengthen the weak, strengthen, strengthen Father, strengthen those that are feeble, strengthen oh God, strengthen Lord, strengthen my Father, strengthen, strengthen us oh God. In these days when people are falling off, falling apart, falling away, my Father, strengthen us. May we not be among those that will fall away and fall apart. Oh God, help us, help us, help us, Lord. Help us, Jesus, help us. Oh Jesus, help us. 
In Jesus' name we pray. And the church say, Amen. Oh, we're living in a day where so many people are losing hope fast. The church is full of people who are on the verge of getting down, on nervous breakdown, who are on depression pills, who are going through all kinds of things in their lives. Listen to me, church. Let me say this. The Bible says, count it not strange when you fall into diverse temptation. It shouldn't be strange to you that the devil is attacking you. Uh, no amen. No amen. Uh, apostle, but I'm a child of God. That's the more reason he attacks you. Can I hear an amen? It shouldn't be. Don't find it strange when you go through things, when you go through trouble. Jesus promised us, he says, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome this world and I've deprived it of his power to harm you or to hurt you. We go through things in this world, church. Don't find it strange. People are giving up on God because of the things of this life. You went through something. You lost a child, lost a husband, lost a wife, lost church, lost house, lost car, lost a job, lost anything. And you are quitting on God. People today, you ask them, why are you no longer coming to church? Why don't we see you in the house of God? The thing they will tell you is, you know what, I've been through so much and I just can't, can't handle it anymore. And, and they give up on God. They give up on God. They quit on God. May you not quit on God. I say, may you not quit on God. I don't care who leaves you. May you not quit on God. A boyfriend left you, stay with Jesus. A husband left you, stay with Jesus. A wife left you, stay with Jesus. Whoever leaves you, stay with Jesus. As long as you hang on to Jesus, he will bring a replacement. Okay, no amen, no amen. God will always restore. He will always restore. People are giving up on God because of the battles of life. Don't quit on God. I beg you, if that's all I can say to you this morning, don't quit on God quit on God. No matter where you are, no matter how far you are falling, no matter what wrong you did, don't quit on God. Always go back to Jesus. He's your place of refuge. He's your place of succor. He's your secret place. He's the only one that can uphold you, that will strengthen you, that will guard you, that will protect you and preserve you. Don't quit on God. Say amen somebody. I refuse to give up on Jesus. I refuse. I told you guys of one of my friends who I went to preach for a powerful conference. I went with my late wife many years ago. His wife died and he closed the church. Closed the church. His phone. None of us can get hold of him. We've tried calling him. All our friends, we've tried calling him. He's nowhere to be found. And then suddenly I lost my wife. And I mean, you know, I sat down and I thought, how, does, how did this guy do this? I know that we all have different thresholds of pressure. But for me to quit on God because I lost my wife, absolutely abnormal. To me, I don't care what you lose. Stay with Jesus. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. Don't let anything make you quit on God. Let, let nobody, no trouble. Say, what shall separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus? Shall hide nor dead angels, principalities, powers, whatever it is. Say, yeah, in all these things, we are more than what? Conquerors. You are more than a conqueror. Let nothing separate you from the love of God. After not even sin. Listen to me. Even if you killed somebody this morning, to Jesus. No, amen. Am I advocating that you sin? No. But what I'm saying is, no matter where you are, always go, just run back to Him. Lord, I've messed up. I David knew how to throw himself in the hand of God and say, Father, I have blown it. I've messed up. Have mercy on me. 
create in me a clean heart. Renew unto me a right spirit. He says, he says, listen, cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. But renew in me a right spirit. Learn to run back to Jesus. People are giving up on God. The, the warfare is getting more intense and intense. Listen to me. As long as you are a child of God, the enemy is losing time. The Bible says he knows that he has but a short time. So what is he doing? Intensifying pressure. Just be at work. Or enemies all around you. People will just hate you for nothing. Nothing wrong. Serving God. Serving the job you are working. And he will just arrange enemies all around you. They will hate you. They want to fire you. But should you give up on God? No. No. Not of them that give up on God. Give me that revelation, chapter 3 and verse 1. Revelation. This is the revelation of Jesus that he wrote through his son, John. At this point, this John, uh, John the Beloved, was the only apostle that was left. All the other apostles had died. And so he was like reference point. He was the only one left at this point. And he had this encounter in the Isle of Patmos. And Lord appeared to him and said, come up here. And then he came up in the spirit. Jesus began to dictate the book of Revelation. And he wrote the book today that we call the Revelation of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus began to talk to him about the seven churches in the Asian Minor. And he now wrote unto the church in Sardis. He said, these things saith he that had the seven spirit of God, the seven stars. I know your word. Know your what? works i know your works says and that thou has a name that thou livest but you are dead may you not be that part of oh, can i hear an amen you know there are some people that are living but they are dead they, they just living each day that passes wake up in the morning as if they they not wake they're not woken up they don't have passion for life passion to do anything no passion to pray no passion to seek the Lord. No passion to pursue vision. No passion for anything. Yes, they are alive, but they are dead. May you not be like that. Look at your neighbor, say, remain alive. Look on the other side, say, remain alive. He said, be watchful. That is in this situation, be watchful. Strengthen the things that remain. Strengthen what is remaining. Listen to me. Forget about the person that left you. Strengthen what you have left. Forget what you lost. Strengthen what you have now. Am I talking to somebody? People will come into your life. They will leave. Human beings are like that. They just yo-yo. They come in and they go when they feel like. Husband will abandon you. Wife will leave you. Sister will leave you. Brothers will leave you. Friends will leave you. But he said, listen. Don't mourn at the things that have left you. Strengthen the ones that are left. Am I talking to somebody today? There is somebody here, you have lost the business. Leave the business alone. Strengthen what you have now. There is something you have left. Stop crying over what, you, what, what left you or what, what has abandoned you. Stop crying over them. Strengthen what you have now. Strengthen what you have now. You will go through things in life. I'm telling you, church, as long as you live. If somebody ever told me today, I'll be talking about another wife. I will, not, I, I will not believe it. But that's life. You go through things in life. Somebody, you go through things in life. Life for you is life. There will be trouble. Life will throw you challenges that you wonder whether God is still with you. Then what do you do? Haven't done all to stand. What do you do? Stand. Look at your neighbor say stand. I just came here to encourage somebody today that you need to stand. No matter what you have lost, stand. No matter who has abandoned you, stand. 
No matter who rejected you, stand. No matter what you lost, stand. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Stand. I chose that I would stand. I'm telling you, there were nights I woke up in the past one year sleeping and look on the other side of the bed that my late wife used to lie and I will be tempted to ask God a question. Some of you look at me. There were nights I cried, wept. I'm like, how did I get here? The woman that used to lay beside me for 21 years, no more. And I went through all that drama. I chose to stand. <laughs> I refused to give up. The enemy wants you to give up. Don't give up. Am I talking to somebody? Don't quit on God. Quit on him. He's a restorer. He's a restorer. No matter where you are, please run back to him. I, man, statement. I don't know why I even said that. It just keeps ringing in my head. He said, be watchful and strengthen the things that remain. That are ready to die. Say, don't let what you have left die. The little strength you have now, don't let it die. Amen, somebody. That little love in your marriage, don't let it die. Some of you, your marriage now is like you are just living as just enemies in the house. Strengthen that which you have. Strengthen what you have. Strengthen it. You can strengthen that relationship again. He said there is hope for a tree if it be planted in the ground. For at the scent of water it shall blossom again. Hope for a tree. Strengthen what you have. Don't, many of us throw away what we have because of what we want to achieve. We throw it away. We're always looking for new. This is a generation that want new things. New, they want new house, new car, new clothes. Everything is new, 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 new. And in the process of pursuing the new, they neglect where they are. Listen to me. Neglect where you are. It is if, if where you are, if you did it well, that will determine what happens to you tomorrow. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Learn to deal with and take care of where you are. The Bible says sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Learn to treat today well. Treat today well. Stop tomorrow, tomorrow, I will do this, I will achieve this. Take care of yourself today. Can I hear an amen? Today, today. read your Bible today. Serve God today. Do the things you need to do today. Enjoy your marriage today. Can I hear an amen? Strengthen where you are today. I'm tired of people pursuing all these big, big things and then their today is in a mess. Enjoy your life today. I choose that I will enjoy life every day. I made a choice. The devil will not drive me crazy. Satan will not drive you mad. Can I hear an amen? He said, be watchful and strengthen that thing which remains. That is ready to die for. I have not found I works perfect before God. I have not found it perfect. Anytime you are you are quitting on God, you are not perfect. Listen to me. Quitting makes you a coward. Quitting makes you a what? Coward. Many people just quit. You see, that for me, that word quit is not in my vocabulary. I removed it from my English. Say amen. I quit. I quit. It's something I hear every day. I quit. Quit on my job. I quit on husband. I quit on wife. I quit. No, you are quitting nothing. Say amen. You will not quit on God. You will not quit on your marriage. You will not quit on... I say you will not quit. I refuse to quit. I will stay there. Satan will get tired of me. Oh boy. I, you know me, I love die hard people. There is a movie I watched by Bruce Willis. Die hard with Avengers. You know I've watched that movie more than 10 times. I keep watching it. Bruce Willis is a typical example of a believer. They will bomb him. Well, man... 
there was in part of his movie, there was a time they said he was driving a truck on a bridge. How many of you remember that scenario? Then they use a jet bomber, like three jet bombers to face him. And they were about to release bombs. Told him he, he never, he refused to quit. He was still driving. They released the bombs. They blew the truck to pieces. The truck fell down from, man, at the end of the day, the guy survived. You will survive. I'm telling you. No, listen to me. No matter what they do to you, survive. Survive. Survive this. I will. I, I never thought that I will. I can live without my wife. I never thought so. It's like the way we were so close. I didn't think I would live without her. Here am I today. Am I today? If I didn't quit, don't quit. Can I hear an amen? If I didn't quit, don't quit. Look at your neighbor. Say, if Daddy didn't quit, don't quit. Oh yeah, stay there. Hang in there. There's help on the way. I said there is help on the way. Say, but be watchful. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard, and hold fast and repent. Repent from wanting to quit. Repent from wanting to give up. Repent, Lord, I repent for thinking of giving up, of quitting. Many times I told myself, I said, this thing is not working. Many times you say these things in your heart, but listen to me. He says, repent. Don't allow yourself to be going downwards, downwards, and seeing yourself giving up. Repent today. Repent today. When you get back home, go before, in fact, in this service, repent. I'm going to pray at the end of this service. Repent from trying to give up. Repent. Quit. People just quit in our day. People are quitting every day. Is that who God made us? No, we are tough. The Holy Ghost is on the inside of us. Amen, somebody. I'm telling you, circumstances happen. Life happens. Many of us deal with things that we didn't expect. A man comes here, proposes to you, love you, buy your ring, marry you, and then at the end of the day, he says he doesn't love you anymore. You will now give up on God? No. Don't love me anymore. Bye. I will stay with Jesus. Can I hear an amen, somebody? I will stay with Jesus. I will stay with Jesus. I've, listen, over the years, I've learned now that human beings are the most unreliable. Listen, you know how many people, you know how many people told me, Pastor, we will die with you. <laughs> Jesus, oh, I will see you. I, me and you, we will not be separated. Little things happen like this, they quit and they are out of church. Little things. How many have I heard? I am here to hold your hands. Pastor, I am here. You can call on me anytime for where they have left me many years ago. I'm telling you. It's no longer, you know, I've grown thick skin now. I've grown thick skin. Like, like literally, I'm emotionless. Because people have so hurt my emotion that I have to kill it so that I don't feel anything. If you are leaving, that it means, look, I'm not saying leave. I would love you to stay. But if you feel that, look, man, you know what? It's normal. It's normal. It has become normal for me. I told you guys that, um, you know, it was Paul Ade, Apostle, Pastor Paul Adifarasin. I met Bishop Oedekpo in a, in, a, in a flight many years ago. He walked to him and said, sir, I just have one question to ask you. Ministry, how do you deal with betrayal? Oedekpo looked at him. He said, get used to it. Ah. <laughs> I was expecting another answer. What did he do? He said, get used to what? Get used to it. If you are dealing with human beings, get used to betrayal. Oh. Get used to betrayal. Husband will betray you. Wife will betray you. Sister will betray you. Brother will betray you. Friends will betray you. Friends. Advising people. You know, I always tell when, when, when we do marriage counseling, what I tell young ladies, especially young ladies. 
If you get married and your best friend is still single, I would not advise you to keep her as a best friend. Start changing friends. <laughs> Apostle, you are not fair. My friend, <laughs> hear advice. Oh. Hear advice. What do you do? Hear advice. Don't make I'm saying there is anything wrong with a single woman. No. But you see, you are going to have children. Your body starts changing. You start adding weight. Your single friend is still fresh. No weight, no stomach, nothing. And she's your best friend. She comes to the house. Oh, please, can you cook for my husband? I'm tired. Eh? <laughs> Jesus. It's just some things that are wisdom. A lady came to me many years ago. I was leaving church. Uh, the husband, she used to have five friends that they went to varsity with. Um, what that school you went to? What? Yeah, Cedar City Campus. So five of them. They were very good friends. So she got married. And what they used to do every weekend, they go each other's house. So friends will visit if it's weekend, this Saturday, we spend the whole weekend in this one's house. So now I wedded her. I'm leaving church. She runs to me. He's wicked. He's wicked. I said, who is wicked? I said, you just got married. He is wicked. She just got married. The next weekend, she wanted to go hang out with her friends. The devil is a liar. God, what is wrong with you? She said, you refuse me to go. I said, daughter, you want to go and hang out with who? Do you forget you just got married? Am I communicating? There are things that you, even among men, brothers, if you are married, go and have all single men as your best friends. They're going to give you advice that you will not like. Something that will affect your marriage. Will do, tell you something that will make you unserious in your marriage. Amen. They want to invite you. They want to spend time with you. Let's come together and watch soccer. Pirates is playing Kaiser Chiefs. For where? I'm a married man. I will watch it with my wife. And I hear an amen. Some of you are not happy. Ah, Apostle, eh, you, you, you can complain all you want. <laughs> he said, I will come to you as a thief, and thou shalt not know the hour which I will come upon thee. Verse 4. Verse 4. He said, Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defied their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are word. Don't let your garment be defiled. Keep your garment white. Keep your garment, Christians, keep your garment white. Let your garment not fire. These days when Satan is defiling garments of people, it's, the world has defined to us what our Christianity is. It's so hard for a child of God to be naked all over social media and say we are going to swim. No, church. They can't define who you are. Can I hear an amen? You can't be comfortable with your underwear, your boobs is all over the place, and you're on social media, and, and, and you know you hold a glass of wine, and everybody is, uh, no. Church, that's the world. That's not you. You are a representative of Christ. Can I hear an amen? Don't let the word define who you are. The word can't define you. Don't let the word program you. We are different. He said, come out from among them and be separate. He says, you are not like them. Not like the word. Somebody, I can't do the things they do. It's okay. Today, Christians are debating. Is it okay to do this? Is it okay to be gay? Is it okay to not be gay? I mean, pastors are even being gay now. We are okay with it. Gay people in the choir are singing and everybody is jumping. Nobody is saying anything. We, we have, you know, our mind has really been reprogrammed by the world. And I want you, listen to me, church. Let this book define you. Let the word of God define you. The word of God is, is who you are. Is the template of who you are. Say, as we behold him as in a glass. Stand in front of the mirror. 
and we see a replica image of us. The Bible said the same way. When you stand in front of the Bible, as you study the Bible, you see a replica of who you are. Come, we are so comfortable now having boyfriend, girlfriend, sleeping with them, and we are okay. That's not the gospel. We are okay. I mean, today now, they've told us, don't talk about gay, don't talk about this. The word of God is a sin. To be comfortable, a woman and a woman making out, is a sin. Am I here? Amen. I am not judging you. The God says so. It's God. God is your creator. How can a man and a man, I just of a sudden, I look at Kevin and say, oh, you're cute. <laughs> no, you are twisted. Say you are twisted. Look at your neighbor and say, that person is twisted. Oh, yeah. You see, they are desensitizing us in the movies now. We have all the series. Uh, there, was, there was this uh, comedy, is it Will and Grace? Yeah, something like that. The movies, they're trying to bring all this imagery to form a picture so that we are no longer, I mean, so many of you here now follow Somizi. You like him, you, if you, in fact, you want to dress like him, you want me. Is the guy a bad guy? No. He needs to repent. He's not a bad person, but he need, somebody needs to preach to him to say, bro, the way you are going is not the right way. Don't be comfortable in this. We are not saying this thing. We are quiet. I mean, Doug Howard Mills went to, is it Grace Bible Church to preach? All the gays stood up and there was noise or pro, pro in the whole media, social media. My question is, if they are angry like that, has the pastor been saying? Because you can't be in this church and you tell me you are comfortable sitting here. I'm not driving you away from church. But somewhere along the line, I will tell you to change. There is no, there is no pastor that will come here now talk about gay, that gay is a sin. And people will be angry. Because I've been saying it. If you are angry, meaning I've never said it before. Kind of Christianity are we doing today? One of my friends was telling me, he said, There's uh, two women that are married in his church. They can sing heaven now and they want to join the choir. I say, Bro, mm -hmm. the devil is a lie. You know, that song is my best. How you guys discovered that song? Kai, it's my response to anything now that is ungodly. <laughs> the devil, I said to him, Bro, you don't, don't even allow that at all. I don't care. Listen, I don't care if you give a play in this church and you are dealing with that, I will not let you in the choir. Deal with yours. I mean, look, I will not drive you from church, but you need to go see God. Go to God. Because you see, most oftentimes we get so busy in this life that we no longer have retreats. One of the ways to deal with sin in your life is go for a retreat. If you are battling right now, let me tell you, if you are right now sleeping with a man or a woman you are not married to, Take three days of go somewhere, a weekend, and say, Father, help me to deal with this. I can't be in this. This is a mess. This is not who I am. Deal with it. Let God help you out of it. Because you see, as long as you are living in that compromising state, Satan has upper hand on you. I don't care who you are. Listen to me. Compromise will give Satan an upper hand in your life. There is nothing you can do about it. Satan is called the accuser of brethren. He's going to always use it against you. The Bible talks about Joshua, the high priest, who Satan has cast a filthy garment on. God looked at, the angel looked at, he said, it's not a brand plucked out of fire. Get that thing off of him. Because as long as Joshua had that filthy garment, God cannot, he stand in the presence of God. These are the days when you preach holiness, people leave church. It's men of God, it's men of God. But in this church, living with a woman for 13 years. So his elder brother invited him. So he's been, his elder brother is a member of the church, married, being is married. Now him has been living with a woman for 13 years. 
without marrying her. I'm preaching, and I said, you that is living with a woman for 13 years, told his brother he came to tell me. Meanwhile, the brother didn't say anything to me. God was warning him and correcting him. You know what he did? What did he do? <laughs> he left church. Beloved, you must learn to receive correction. Learn to... Any Christian that is not corrected will not, will not survive in these last days. Even as I am, I am very open for correction. Listen to our leadership. Our leaders are here. They correct me in our leaders' meeting. Can I hear an amen? Not even waiting now for my spiritual fathers and mothers. I'm looking at people that I'm, I'm pastoring. They can correct me. They can say, Daddy, this way is wrong. This, this you did is not right. They can correct me in the meetings. They are here in the church. And here you find a set of people who, if you correct them, they, they, they are nowhere to be found. You cannot make progress like that. You can't. There are many men today whose marriages are struggling. Your wife says, let's go for counseling. You refuse to go to counseling because you feel no man should tell you what to do. You are heading the wrong direction. And somebody, don't become a lord to yourself. Can I hear an amen, church? Never become a lord to yourself. This morning, I came all the way from United States to bring correction. <laughs> Amen, somebody. I'm telling you, the things we are seeing is, is just a lot. The things I'm seeing as a pastor is just, it's just, it's not nice. It's not what we are seeing today. Well, I haven't said all that. Let me get to my message. 2 Samuel 3 and verse 1. Let's deal with that. We'll pray and go home. Are you blessed so far? I said, are you blessed so far? 2 Samuel 3 is 1. There was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. Somebody say long war. Somebody holler long war. Sometimes you can deal with long battles in your life. What do you do when battles have been prolonged? What do you do when fights are prolonged? Issues in your life refuse to bend. They are there. Husband refused to change. Wife refused to change. Children are crazy. Things are just not going your way. The people at your work are on your case. What do you do with long war? do you do with long battles? Battles that just refuse that they will not bend for you. You have prayed, you have fasted, you have done all you know to do. And yet, there is a long war. Somebody say long war. He said there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. You know, what, what surprised me when I read this, because I used this to lead prayer before I left for the United States. Saturday I left. You know, when I was studying this, I couldn't say that that day because I needed us to pray. But what surprised me when I was reading this, he said, but David was stronger and stronger. Not the house of David. <laughs> the fight is between where? The house of Saul and who else? But he didn't say the house of David. He said, but David was stronger and stronger. And, read the next, the house of Saul. Meaning that church, this thing is an individual thing. If you don't get strengthened as an individual, your house will be defeated. The reason why many homes are falling apart is because individually we are getting weaker and weaker. We are getting weaker and weaker. A believer today wants to be spoon-fed. They want to be treated like babies. They want to be counseled like babies. They want to be army church. It's high time we grow up. It's high time we grow up. David became stronger and stronger. But the house of Saul was weaker and weaker. In the name of Yeshua, I prophesy all your enemies become weaker from today. 
I said every enemy, every adversary, every opposition in your life becomes weaker and weaker today. They become weaker and weaker now. In the name of Jesus, somebody shout yes. He said the house of Saul became weaker and weaker. David was waxing stronger and stronger. Church, David was a man of war. He was a man of, he, David was, in fact, the, the Bible said David fought 66 wars in the Bible. Never lost any. And this boy, if you know the circumstance, maybe let me just share that for five minutes. Because some of you, when we say these things, you don't understand who David is. David was a, a boy among seven sons. Father's name was Jesse. The Bible says that time came when God wanted to choose a king from, for Israel. He sent the prophet Samuel the house of Jesse. When he got there, Samuel said, bring me out all your sons because one of them is the king of Israel. Samuel went and brought out the seven of them. David was left in the backside of the desert. Am I talking to somebody? You know why? Because, I mean, when I now studied, when I read the book of Second Chronicles, I realized that David's mother was not the mother of the other seven. So David born out of an illegitimate relationship. So this was the circumstance of it. Imagine how outcast you will feel. The fact that your father or this man has seven children who are well taken care of and now you are the only one born out of illegitimate relationship and you happen to be at the bottom, at the last one. So what did they do? When the others are watching Netflix, they sent you to go and feed sheep. I don't understand the scenario. I'm trying to paint a picture because if you think your situation is bad, some people had it worse. Trying to tell you this morning why you must never give up. David was sitting there watching the sheep, feeding sheep. I mean, church, this was his father's business. Usually in the, I don't know about you, but when I grew up, my father obviously chooks them as they were growing up. They began, they began to get involved in my father's business. But as my father's first son, the first thing he did when I started growing was that he sent me into his business. You always send your first son after your business. So my father would send me. I mean, I started running my father's business from the age of six. I started counting money in millions from that age. My father would give you money. I mean, I remember going to the bank in those years when I was still so small, carrying bags of money. My father used to own trucks and he had a spare part shop and a mechanic workshop. So, I mean, he got me involved in his business because I was the first son. And then as my other brothers came up, when I went to varsity, they themselves now started joining the business. Everybody in my house went through my father's business. But in David's case, left the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh in the house watching Netflix. They sent a young boy to go and keep the sheep. And then this boy now, by doing this, faced the lion, faced the bear. After that, he was sitting there, church, let me tell you something. You no, know, there's something that trouble does to you. I was in the U.S. and... Um, uh, Andre and I and, uh, and Nikki van de Vestesen were talking. Now, I was sharing with them. I said, you know, guys, there is a dispensation of the gospel that I have now that you people don't have. Say, you know, you are still with your wife. Lost my wife. There is something that there is an experience I have you don't have. Hello. Listen, church. Every trouble in your life that comes your way is an experience. It, it's not... It, it, I don't know how to say this. It's not a loss. Can I hear an amen? Whatever the enemy sent your way, don't see it as God you are losing. No, God is using that to train you. You know, 
church, many companies today, when they want to employ people, what do they do? They tell you they want people with what? One more time. How do you get experience? By being involved in the activity. When the, the way we gain experience spiritually is through trouble. In Jesus. The way we gain experience is what? Through trouble. It's an experience I have now. I haven't lost my wife last year. There is something I know. I can sit somebody else down and say, bro, listen. Thank God that did it for me. Church, that was what David... When David got to the battle and Saul was saying, you are but a youth. This guy is a, war, is a man of war from his youth. David said, relax. Your son or your servant was keeping his father's sheep. And a bear came. Took one. I tore the mouth of the bear. Count the sheep. And I killed the bear. A lion repeated the same act. I tore the mouth of the lion. Took out the bear. And look, took out the sheep. And I killed the lion. The same God. Oh. The same God. Church, listen to me. Every trouble is an experience. Don't waste your experiences. Everything you go through is an experience. There are some things that by reason of experience in life today, I am where I am. I'm stable. I'm no longer, I mean, it's just hard for me to see me crying over something. It's just, that is, I've had too many experiences. Now I know, and when the enemy attacks me, there's something important God is about to do. Say amen. There is something around the corner for me. I know that the moment I start smelling the enemy, the enemy is the one that announces to me that God is very close to me. Am I talking to somebody? When the enemy attacks you, know that God is around the corner. He said, when the enemy shall come like what? A flood. What will happen? The spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. How you know the Holy Ghost is about to bring your testimony? Look at the attacks happening in your life. Look at the attacks. You will just know God is, up, God is up to something. And one thing with God is that he will always be silent until the enemy finished his last. All his last. And then God will pull out something on him. Oh, he won't see it coming. I say he won't see it coming. The enemy cannot see your promotion coming. He doesn't see your grace coming. He doesn't see a new anointing coming. He doesn't see a new blessing coming. A new wife, a new husband coming. He doesn't see it because he's blinded. The Bible says had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they knew that killing Jesus was going to bring all of us together today, they will never try it. But that's always the mistake of the enemy. He will kill you and eventually find out that that killing was a mistake. I should not have done this. If the enemy knew that whatever he did, maybe by what happened with my wife, will cause the expansion we are seeing in the ministry, he would not have tried it. Am I talking to somebody? He won't try it. That's why you need to hold on to him. But there was long war in the house. In the house of Saul, house of David. And David waxed stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. So David was waxing stronger stronger. David was the head of his house. Let me use this opportunity to talk to leaders. How many of you are leaders here? Leaders in a, you are leading somebody. In fact, if you are leading yourself, you are a leader. You think it's easy to lead yourself. It's not easy. Because you want to smoke. You want to drink. You led yourself not to smoke. You could have gone to a nightclub last night. Go and dance. Why chukucha? Why chukucha? Why chukucha? <laughs> but 
led yourself to church. You told yourself last night, I will not go to club because I need to be in service on Sunday morning. Am I talking to somebody? Let me talk to you leaders. Church, listen to me. Leaders, you have to learn to stand strong in the face of trouble. People are looking up to you. People are looking at you. Don't break down. Don't fall apart. Don't fall apart in the midst of trouble. When there is war in your life. In fact, how I know a strong Christian? After you have dealt with what you have dealt with, you come and tell us, oh, I was going through this trouble. We'll be like, huh? Were you going through that? Dealing with that. That's how you know a strong Christian. When people expect you to fall apart and you are just carrying on with life. I mean, every day by day, the enemy was waiting for me to go crazy. Meanwhile, I'm coming here every day to preach, preparing message, praying. Sometimes I will cry in the middle of the message. I will keep praying. Say amen, somebody. Then I will come here and preach. Amen. Church, you must learn to be strong as a leader. You must be, listen to me. Once the leader is weak, the whole house will be weak. Once the leader is weak. That's why I, for me, it's for me, any husband here, if you are a husband, you are critical in your family. As a leader, you must be strong for your family. Either. It depends, listen, how strong you are will determine how strong your children will be. I look at how me and my kids have gone through this phase. Now today is in the U, John is in the U.S. When we were leaving him, I was just, I was in tears. I just didn't want them to see. It was so emotional for me because now my son has become a man. Probably may not come and stay in my house anymore. Once he graduates from school now, from university, he will do his masters. He will now bring one girl and say that, hmm, I'm seeing vision. <laughs> I want to get married. No longer probably going to return to my house. He's only go, going to come and visit me. And for me, it was so emotional. You know, I thought how we have been through this one year. Like, for us as, especially me being a minister of the gospel, everybody is looking up to me. There are many people who have been through what I went through and they are falling apart. They are falling in pieces. I remember one of my daughters was telling me, you know, that lost her husband. She was telling me, she says, Dad, I can't seem to get it together. I can't seem. I said to her daughter, just relax. Hang on with God. Miss church. Come to church all the time. When you have opportunity to pray, stay in prayers. I know that because I understand where she is. There are times when you wake up in the night to open your mouth to say something to God. You are wondering, Lord, you were there when this happened to me. I've been there. I've been there. So church, no matter where you, if the war persists, all you need to do is stay stronger and stronger. Don't get weaker. But your neighbor say, don't get weak in the battle. Mm -mm, don't get weak. They fired you from job. Get more committed in church. Did I hear an amen? You used to go to work every day, wake up in the morning, dress up, go and win souls. You, you, you will bruise the head of Satan. I'm telling you, when the enemy throws you one, fire him back with six. Get committed, more committed in the things of God. No, I'm not ready to go weaker. I'm not a weak Christian. I'm not the type that give up. I'm not the type that quit. I was telling, uh, I was telling them, I said, this year, I've traveled more than, I mean, I traveled so much this year. It took many invitations. I, I wanted to let the devil know about that guy. Yeah. That my wife passed means that I will get stronger in God. Uh, you didn't say amen. I, I will preach more. I will win more souls. I will do more for Jesus in spite of my circumstance. And the restorer will restore me. Today, I'm, I'm telling you, the lady God gave me, I, you know, sometimes I say to myself, I say, is this for real? Now, I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. Very serious-minded person that loves God, genuinely give up, can, can give up 
anything for God. Anything. Anything. Listen to me, church. No matter what you've lost, God has the capacity to give you twice, three times, seven times, ten times what you lost. I don't want you to give up. It says David worked stronger and stronger in the middle of battle. David went through all this. Remember, David was the same person. This saw that we are talking about. David served him in the, in the palace. Do you all remember his story? When the, the demons were possessing Saul, and Saul was tormented by evil spirit, he took his harp and was playing, and Saul was delivered. The same battle. This man is now facing battle with David that helped him. That's how people are. But church, all I'm pleading with you today is that we are going to believe God for strength. That God will strengthen us in this time. You and I will not give up. You, did you say amen to that? You and I will not quit. I don't care what it is. You will not quit. You just make up your mind. I will not quit. I will not give up. We bounce back every day by day. Every day I wake up, I get excited for a new life. Go before God, pray in tongues for one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. Just go before God and let him strengthen you. So that you might be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. That God will strengthen you with might. Give you strength to go through it, through trouble. That is, you saw, I mean, reason why right now it doesn't seem like nothing bothers me is because I've now been matured and experienced in trouble. But now I don't even notice trouble. What did I say? I don't notice trouble anymore. I don't. You, you must get to that point. Where no matter what the devil is doing around you, you don't even notice him. Your eyes are on Jesus. Uh, I say your eyes are on Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him, endured the pain of the cross and went through all the rigors. He was looking at the cross. He wasn't looking at anybody. He didn't look at the pain. Jesus wasn't on the tree and said, as he was hanging there, child, this hurts. I'm going to come down. Lord, bring me down. No. He endured the pain. Look at your neighbor say, endure that pain. Oh yes, endure that pain. Endure it. Endure it. Some years ago, one of my daughters came to me. He said, dad, if I don't marry this year, pray, if God doesn't give me a husband. Some years ago, if God doesn't give me a husband, me, I'll go get pregnant. I said, go. You think God will go crazy because you got pregnant? That's your problem. Go and give birth to... to. <laughs> have you seen trouble? Ishmael. You see Ishmael. You know all the problem we have today now as Christians is Ishmael. Nigeria right now is dealing with Ishmael. Amen. Talking in quotes. Amen. As Nigeria is today, the problem of Nigeria is Ishmael. You go and give birth to Ishmael that will trouble you all your life. So you, you are not patient with God. You want to make your own plan. A lot of times when the devil makes you want to make your own plan, know that God does just... Satan, oh boy, Satan knows when you are on the verge of a breakthrough. Once he starts making you to improvise your own things, you need to be watchful. Church, hang in there. Help is on the way. I want us to believe God for strength today and we will not quit. I just don't want to see Christians quit anymore. It's very tiring. It's very boring. Just think that for a child of God to quit on God, it's, it's, for me, it's very, there is nothing, absolutely nothing. I've told Jesus, there is nothing that will make me quit on him. Not even death, in the face of death. Let somebody stand up here now with AK-47, hit at my head. Me that will shoot you if you denounce Jesus. I will tell him, pull the trigger. There is nothing in this life worth me quitting on God. Can I hear an amen? 
Some of you quit on God because of a you quit on God. A young boy is chasing after you. He's got muscles. He's got a bicep. He's got he's got uh, for what they call that thing here. Is this his pack? Yeah, his pack. <laughs> pack make you quit on God. You just go and undress for six pack. You are not serious. Amen, somebody. What is your challenge? Amen. You go and quit on God because a man has Mercedes. Are you okay? Mercedes. No. I will not compromise my standard. No, I refuse to. Listen to me. I don't care who you are. I told you guys, somebody, he repeat it again. Maybe the person is watching online. Somebody bought me a Rolls Royce for me to marry her. I said no. Say amen. What did I say? I'm not telling you stories. I was supposed to be packing a Rolls Royce Kellinan right here. You know, I told my younger brother in the U.S., I, I told him what happened. Ah, he said, bros, if it's me, I will take it to the south. My younger brother, my younger brother is crazy, man. <laughs> this is the second time he has, you know, years ago, he came to visit South Africa. He's a very funny dude. So he came to visit South Africa and FMB paid 50,000. It was 50,000 deposit into my account. Talking about 15 years ago. So 50,000 was deposited into my account. So I checked with my lawyers if they are the ones that paid the money because I was selling properties. No. I checked with everybody. I know that should have paid me that kind of money. They said no. So I said to him, listen, I want us, we're going to the bank. It's okay. So we drove to the bank. When we got to FMB, went to the manager's office. He was with me. I said to the manager, listen, 50,000 was the to my account, and I don't know how it came. I said, oh my God. Open before God that I said. She opened computer. She says, the lady that made that mistake, they have been looking for that money. One of the tellers shares that she's about to be fired. She now said to me, that money, listen to this, that money is legally yours. If for us to take it out of your account, you need to sign FMB to withdraw that money from your account. So I signed the paper. Then we left. My younger brother said to me, is this why we came here? He said, and you sign that they should take it. He said, if it's me, I will not. Oh. <laughs> he said, it's a free gift from God. I said, no. <laughs> Amen, somebody. I like him, man. You know. But church, what am I trying to say? Trying to say, church, that we can't give up in the face of any. May God give you strength today. Don't know who is on the verge. You, you woke up this morning feeling like, Lord, you have forgotten me. God sent me to tell you. That he has not forgotten. He has not. That thing will come to pass like in a twinkle of an eye. Don't you dare give up. Be strengthened this morning and stand in his grace. Can I hear an amen? Did you receive this message this morning?